Thank you very much for this introduction. Thank you for the invitation, and many thanks to Brian for organizing such a great conference. Thank you, thank you very much. Well, I come from Poland, and Poland is indeed a country with a pretty great history. Oh, yeah, that's history and tradition when it comes to rhetoric and speech writing. So in, uh, <laughs> uh, in 16th century, we had a parliament in the proper sense of the word. A parliament which decided that rather than to keep, rather than keep uh, a dynasty, kings should be elected. And the first one was French, Henri de Valois who eventually left Poland and became the king of France, Henry III. In 1791, so just two years after the United States, the first Polish constitution was proclaimed. And it all required debate, it all required discussion, it all required rhetoric, which is preserved, so we have many, many interesting speeches from the time, uh, which can we, we, can, we can study, we can learn. I promised to Brian that I will not be academic today, so I will not bother, with, bother you with that part of our history and tradition. But I would like to focus a bit on big moments of Polish speech writing in the 20th century. One of them was when this man died. The Polish Garibaldi, I would say. Uh, Józef Piłsudski, who was retired dictator, who was, as we say often, a leftist, and he wasn't even Catholic. And when he died, <laughs> which is for Pauls, quite important, but when he died in 1935, someone decided that he should be buried here in the Wawel Cathedral uh, in Krakow, among Polish kings. Imagine yourself in that situation that someone like this is supposed to be buried, for instance, in Westminster, and you are supposed to write a speech, what to do? Uh, and the answer is very simple. Let's make him a king, of course, in a symbolical sense. And that's what the president of the, of the Republic at that time, Ignacy Mościski, did in his very short speech saying, that he was a king of our hearts. He used to wear the purple of his spirit. And with the boldness of his thought, he forged a sword with which he cut the borders of the Republic. Perfect, isn't it? Oh, sorry. Another big moment arrived although a sad moment as well, right in 1939, a big one for speech writing, and quite well known, where when Polish foreign minister, Josef Beck, was confronted with Hitler's rhetoric of peace, which was, as you probably know, one of the favorite Hitler's words at that time, rhetoric of peace, what to do. So he blackmailed politician um, uh, around Europe with this word, with this idea of peace. And uh, Josef Beck, in his famous parliament speech, in speech in parliament, 
answer to the saying, peace is something really precious, and we appreciate it. But as everything on earth, it has its price. And peace at any price is something we cannot accept. So one of most famous phrases, well, most famous sentences from the before the Second World War Polish rhetoric. And finally, last but not least, in 1989, Lech Wałęsa, the leader of Solidarity Movement, gave his speech in Congress. The speech was written by Polish ambassador at that time, Kazimierz Dziewanowski. I think it must have been a sort of Polish joke to send someone with such a name to US as an ambassador. <laughs> <laughs> but nevertheless, he, he wrote this brilliant speech, uh, which started with the phrase, we the people, which gave Wałęsa a standing ovation at the very beginning and delivered, immediately delivered the, the idea of the whole speech that we share the same values, that they want and deserve to live the same way of life as Americans, that we are much in common. So, but my favorite phrase, my favorite sentence from this speech is this. Because as every speech on earth, it had its purpose. And this purpose was money. It was economical help, which was needed for Polish economy, devastated by, by communism. And Wałęsa asked for this help, saying this. We have heard many beautiful words of encouragement. These are appreciated. But being a worker and a man of concrete work, I must tell you, Almost, I must warn you, you see, I must tell you that the supply of, word, of words sorry, on the world market is plentiful, but the demand is falling. Let deeds follow words now. Isn't it a fantastic phrase? Uh, it, it's not only an elegant way to say, give us some money. <laughs> which was indeed. But, uh, you know, what, what does this phrase do? Uh, it changes relationships. We are not anymore some beggars asking for money. We are clients waiting for an offer. And if you want us to buy it, it must be really good. It was another ovation at that phrase and some laughing as well. Uh, so it really worked. And some money following the speech uh, from America, which uh, we actually appreciate until now. So that's how it, how it worked. Another big speech, uh, on a big Polish speech in 20th, 20th century. Uh, how does the thing look now? Uh, here is Donald Tusk, as we say in Poland, Donald Tusk, who was a... Um, uh, prime Minister, used to be a Prime Minister in Poland before he uh, moved to Brussels. Well, I show him, I'm showing him for several reasons. One of them is that he was actually one of few, if not only one, Prime Minister who officially had a speechwriter. Uh, um, 
uh, Igor Ostachowicz, who was a, he, who was a, who wasn't a political advisor, who wasn't a journalist. He was a, actually a writer, renowned uh, novelist. Uh, because now in Poland, the situation looks like this. So um, usually people who write speeches for politicians, they are political, advisor, uh, political advisors, uh, policy officers, uh, uh, spokespersons. So people who do it, among other their, their other duties. And um, the effect is that they write these speeches not like speeches, very much like speeches, but rather like press releases, rather like press articles, and so on, so on. So there is huge dem demand on uh, um, speechwriters, uh, although not, not all politicians acknowledge it, and, and, and the public as well. So present, current president, Andrzej Duda, is prized because he doesn't write his speeches, which doesn't mean that these speeches are not written. The, they are written. Um, um, they are written after and published on his website with, with some bad phrases, with, with some mistakes, and so on, so on. So uh, what I'm basically trying to do in Poland promoting speech writing. I'm trying to convince also some politicians that they should hire speech writers, that, that, it's, nothing, that uh, it's nothing wrong in it, uh, right? That, that uh, they should look for people who can really do it. Uh, Radek Sikorski was mentioned, so by this occasion now uh, I can say that uh, it's connected with, with him as a, he, was a, he was a Minister of Foreign Affairs. So probably best known speechwriter in Poland is Charles Crawford, who used to write speeches for Radek Sikorski as a, uh, as a, um, when he was, when he was uh, foreign minister. Uh, Donald Tusk uh, was and is pretty good speaker and um, Thanks to his speechwriter, I think his superpower, if I can say so, was and still is because that's what he does uh, even now with uh, Hugo Brady, who, who is his current speechwriter. Uh, he uses very much something I would call rhetoric of clear choice or rhetoric of, of choice. Uh, recent, recently, his uh, statement uh, on Brexit: there will be hard Brexit, or Brexit, or no Brexit at all, and there will be no cakes on the table for anyone. Uh, that's, <laughs> of course, that's, that's, it refers to, to Boris Johnson and his idea that we can uh, eat, eat cake and have cake right, at, the same, at the same time. So probably the most interesting figure uh, in uh, speech writing and speakers market, rhetoric market, political rhetoric market on, uh, now in Poland. Um, well, there are some other hopes for speechwriting, um, even if not in political life, in business. So we have TED Talks, we have Toastmasters Club, clubs everywhere, um, we have startups conferences um, every week practically. So it's very popular in communication in business. Um, uh, even still very intuitive. So yeah, I always say we are at 
at the moment when Romans, let me, let me this classical reference give as well, uh, as Romans were in the second century BC when Cato advised speakers focus on the subject and words will follow, which is not true as we know. So uh, we are a bit at the... <laughs> Mm, and we are a bit at this stage. Nevertheless, the uh, demand is growing. And that's why I'd like to finish with this phrase. See you in Poland for whatever reason, for a conference, for um, uh, um, uh, uh, training, for any sort of, of cooperation, for just for a visit, because it's uh, still a thrilling country, interesting, with great tradition, still developing and big demand for speech writers. Thank you very much. <laughs>